Come on now, let's give a hand to all our mothers. Amen. We praise God and thank God for all of our mothers, these strong women. We praise God for you and give God the glory and the praise for you. But why don't, why don't I do this? Why all, in fact, I'm not going to ask you to stand. All our grandmothers just lift your hand to if you're a grandmother. Come on, give a hand to all our grandmothers. Okay, how many great-grandmothers do we have out there? All right. I know Sister Mary, her, her hand ought to be raised, too. And I know she's a great-grandmother. Do we have any great-great-grandmothers? Sister Mary? All right, amen. Come on, let's give Sister Mary a hand. A great-great, hallelujah, a great-great grandmother. Amen. We praise God for that. Amen. That means God has blessed you in your years. Amen. If you're able to be a great, great grandmother and we appreciate and praise God. Amen. For each of you. And um, this morning again, we're going to St. John chapter 16 and we'll be looking at verses 21 through 24. And we just want to share a little message with you on this morning. It's my, on these special days, you know, I, it's not my desire to be before you long. Amen. But I just want to give you a little inspiration and help and encouragement today uh, that might strengthen you along the path this morning. And the word of the Lord in St. John chapter 16, verse 21 reads, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Today is a simple topic. I just want to share the topic, ask your mom. Ask your mom. When I begin to think of that, particularly as it relates to being a husband, sometimes there are certain things that your children ask you, and then you're like, well, just go ask your mom. <laughs> and sometimes they prefer to hear that answer anyway. Sometimes they say, uh, I heard somebody say, uh, telling someone to ask the mother is basically like the father reporting to his supervisor. Another story I was told about mothers it says, last year on Mother's Day, the whole family got together for a big dinner. And afterward, when mom started to clean up, one of the kids said to her, don't bother with those dishes, mom. Today is Mother's Day. You can always do them tomorrow. <laughs> so thought we'd share that on this morning. When we think about asking mom, or when we say ask your mom, that means that's relative to a certain amount of experience and compassion that mothers have. They have a certain amount of experience, a unique experience that we as men, as fathers, cannot have having carried the baby. In verse 21, it makes reference to that. It says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. When she is giving birth. And that's something that you will always find out about mothers. Mothers tend to give. That is innate in a mother. That is ingrained in who a mother is. Mothers give. 
That's what they do. That's part of their DNA. Because they give of themselves, they give of their time, they give of their bodies, even in delivering the child. There is so much that a mother gives simply by caring and delivering the baby. So much of herself that we don't even understand. So much that is expected of a mother. That men, we just can't touch that. We don't have, we don't have, our understanding is limited. Even women, if you tell us, there's only so much of that that we can appreciate because we're not going through that situation. That is a, a, a precious and that is a, a, a circumstance that has been allowed by God that, that is unique to mothers, that they are able to give birth to other human beings. It's very, the very essence of the existence and subsistence of our society is the ability of the woman to give birth and for our mothers. And I think it's important that we appreciate that because sometimes we can get lost in thinking of other things and for, fail to appreciate the sacrifice that a mother makes when she gives us life. In the African-American experience, often you hear uh, mothers, you hear of mothers saying, well, I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. <laughs> in other words, I, I gave you life and I'll take it if you don't act right. What, what, what they're saying in a way that is, is, is humorous, but in other words, they're saying there is so much that I had to sacrifice to make sure that you live. They sacrifice their time. They sacrifice pain. They sacrifice certain foods that they like to eat. They sacrifice so much of their body. And when you ask a mother to give birth, that's such a large sacrifice that she's making of her body to bring a child into the world. So it's something that, that, that is tied up not only physically but also emotionally. And sometimes mothers have emotional issues that is, are residue of giving birth to that child. We have a lot of traumatic and emotionally recognized situations that happen with mothers after they give birth because it is not just a physical, it's not just physically draining, but it is emotionally draining. And I say that you need to pray. We need to pray for our mothers. Pray for those who are pregnant. Pray for those who are bringing life into this world. Because it's not just the physical aspect, but it's also the emotional aspect of that child, and then they have to make so many decisions after that. Some of them are in school. Can I go back to school? Some of them are at work. Can I continue at this job? Or, or do I need to stay home with this child? And there's such a connection there with that child that has been a part of their body for nine months that it's, like I said, it's not just physical, it's emotional. So we need to be in prayer for our mothers. Pray that God give them wisdom and strength. Pray that God sustain them physically and emotionally. Pray that God make sure that that child is brought safely and healthy into this world because it is so important when this mother is giving birth to this child that we pray godly things over that situation. Why? Because God is already involved. God said before you were formed in the belly, I knew you. At the moment of conception, I already had a concept of who, not who you are right now, but who you would become. God is already involved in that process, so we have to be prayerful over our mothers because they give so much. Somebody say mothers give. They give so much of themselves. They give so much of their time. They give so much even of their mental capacity. Mothers will tell you there's a such thing as pregnancy brain. 
pregnancy brain means their mind is not even working in the order that it ordinarily would work because they're pregnant. Their, their body does not function the same because they're pregnant. Their appetites are not the same because they're pregnant. And even after the pregnancy is over, some of those things do not return to what they used to be. So we have to pray because they are giving so much of themselves. And we should never, ever belittle the sacrifice that mothers made in giving birth to us. They give because that's part of their DNA. Mothers will give all that they have. Mothers, they show no limit in giving. When they give, they're going to keep giving, even if they know they're going to have to struggle after they gave. That's how, that's how mothers give, especially to their children. They're going to keep giving. If they're like, if I have to make this up, if I have to get another job, if I have to struggle for a little while, I'll do that for the sake and the subsistence of my child because that's what mothers do. Mothers give. They give to the degree that I often say this. Mothers can have the physiological ability to feed their children even if they don't have the financial ability to feed themselves. Think about that. God has created the body that the mothers can give the child milk and feed that child even if she can't afford to buy herself groceries. That's, that's the depth to which mothers can give even when they can't provide for themselves. God has made it physiologically possible for them to give and to provide for that child. I just want to say thank God for mothers. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for mothers and thank God that mothers... They give. Mothers, they give and certain personal to me. Sometimes it's just that, you know, I know how much my mother gave. And I thank God my mother's here today. I thank God for Brenda Christmas. What, what, what they gave to have a child and they and how the mother type of love that a mother gives. And I'm a father and I love my children, but it's somehow it's some way that the mother knows how to love. There, there, there's a deeper uh, appreciation for love and an understanding because that ba- they were carrying that baby. Yeah, we, we, we love them when we see them, fathers, but the mothers, they, they, they were carrying that thing. They, they were giving before. You might be out there trying to buy them onesies when they get here, but the mother's already giving. I wish, wish, I, wish I had a few mothers in the audience help me here. They're already giving. They give of their sleep. I wish I had some. Come on, I, I got some mothers with me now. They, they, they give her they sleep. They, they trying to sleep. I remember my, my knucklehead twin boys. It seemed like they got, they got stirred up about 2 in the morning. My wife would turn over, and then I, I'm awake, and she's like, here they are, feel them. They kicking. So like they like they wrestling in there for position. They're trying to box each other out in there, Brother Terrence. I don't know what they were doing. Gave of their sleep. So, and, and you don't even, and the women talking about morning sickness. What are you talking about morning sickness? Mothers, they don't feel good all day. Come on in here with me now. Talking about, what are you talking about morning sickness? As if in the afternoon everything's perfect. They're, 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 they're still pregnant at noon. Come on in here with me now. They're giving up of their time. And, and sometimes, I remember my wife would often say, things she liked to eat and she wanted to eat, but she no longer had a taste for it. And, that, and that's the struggle. I, I want to eat this, but if I eat this, I might get sick. So she's giving of the things that she likes because she is a mother and because she wants to give birth to that healthy child. And I just want to thank God. We, we lost 
We lost a couple mothers in my family. My wife lost her grandmother, and of course we lost grandma, and this is our first Mother's Day without them, but I thank God for both of those godly women who loved the Lord, who gave of themselves, and they were both, both, that's Desi Fisher of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and of course Dorothy Christman. Those are both women who were godly women who showed us examples of how you give. Not only do mothers give, mothers know how to deal with sorrow. Mothers know how to deal with loss. As, as men, sometimes I think we get frustrated, and even as fathers, maybe we don't understand. And there's, there's a, com- a complicated uh, set of circumstances that I, I think give women an advantage relative to that, particularly mothers, that they know how to deal with loss. And, and the Bible says here in sorrow, it says uh, she has sorrow because her hour has come, because giving birth is going to hurt a little bit. I wish I had a couple mothers. <laughs> couple, just a couple mothers in here. It's, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to hurt a little bit. And, and some of them will tell you they can give you all the medicines and all the shots. And, and all, all the, they can give you the shot in the back and all of that. And it's still going to hurt a little bit. It, it's, it, there, there, there's going to be some sorrow. There's going to be some pain. I think a lot of mothers would probably be like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, if you can allow this cup to pass from me. Lord, if you can allow me to have this child without there being any pain. I wish y'all, wish y'all would help me in here. And I and I, I can appreciate my mom. Y'all know how small my mom is, and I have a big head, so you know. But but if you can allow this pain to pass for me, Amen. But some but but they 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 suffer. They go through. They understand sorrow. They understand pain. They understand struggle. Sometimes on a level that maybe me as we as fathers we really don't understand. But notice what the text here, and I like. I like how, how the writer puts it. It says she has sorrow. Didn't say she is sorrowful. Let me put it this way. She might have sadness, but she's not saying that she is sad. And I need you to get this because it's important how you say this. There's a difference between saying I have depression and I am depressed. I have sadness or I am sad. I'm dealing with a uh, financial situation or I am broke. There, there's a difference in how, how, how you approach that and what you say that, because in one matter, if it says I have sadness, that means that's something that I have that I'm in possession of. But if I say that I am sad, then it sounds like sadness has me. I, I, I need you to walk with me. This, it, it's as if it's in possession of me. And how you talk to yourself makes a difference because I told you, faith comes by, but also does doubt. Doubt also comes by hearing. And if you don't know how to talk to yourself, you will often talk yourself into bad or worse situations. You can make your situation worse by how you talk to yourself. I know, I know I have a witness. I talk to students all the time, and some of them, they have a little bad thing that happens on them that morning, and their whole day is shot because they've put in their minds that this, ba- this is just a bad day. They have determined that this is a bad day. Some of you all have bad days on Mondays because you've already determined in your mind Monday's going to be bad. Oh, I hate Mondays. Keep saying you hate Mondays, and you're still going to have problems on Mondays. Mondays can be as good as Fridays. You work the same amount of hours. Come on in here with me now. 
it's, it's a matter of how you look at that situation. The difference between I have sadness and I am sad. If I have sadness, that means I have it, and when I'm ready to put it down, Come on with me. I, I, I can put it down. But if I am sad and sadness has me, then I have to deal with it till it's through with me. But it doesn't have the authority to possess me. Depression doesn't have the authority to possess me. Anxiety doesn't have the right to possess me. Sorrow and sadness doesn't have the authority to possess me. Weeping doesn't have the authority to possess me. Weeping may endure for the night. But rejoice. Why? Why? Because there's a difference. Because weeping doesn't have me. I have weeping. And, and when I'm ready to put, oh, I wish y'all were here. It don't even have to last all night, baby. Anytime you're ready in your mind to reclaim your dominion over your situation, whatever I'm carrying right now, if it's an offense to me, I'm going to lay aside every weight in it. I wish you were here. And, and sin would not so easily beset me and run with patience the race that is set before me. God going to not know to let me carry something that's going to hold me back. God's not going to let make me carry something that's going to keep me down. God's not going to make me carry something that won't allow me to finish my race, but anything that I pick up, God has given me the power and the authority to put that. I wish you were here with me. I can put it, somebody's pointing somebody and say, you can put it down. That's why Jesus said, they don't take my life. I I lay it. I lay it down because it doesn't possess me. I possess it. I wish y'all were here with me now. And you don't need life to possess you. You need to possess life. And Jesus said, "I come that I might have life, and that that I might have it more abundantly." My situation doesn't possess me. I possess my situation. And the only reason I haven't pulled myself out of the situation is because I'm trying to learn what God's trying to teach me from this. I'm trying to learn. See, Jesus, Jesus could have gotten off the cross at any moment that he wanted to. He could have called on a legion of angels to deliver him out of that situation. But Jesus knew that situation was working something for us that would allow us to have eternal life. So that means there are situations you're in right now, baby, you're not stuck there, but you need to stay there because it's working something, I wish you, it's working something for you while while you're there. I'm in this job for a season. I can put it down anytime I want to, but right now it's working something. It's working something for me. This this person might be getting on my nerves right now, but I'm not going to put them down yet because God God is working something for me. God told me my, he can make my enemies my footstools. And God said all things are working together for my good. I'm not putting it down because it's working for me. Somebody say it's working for me. Don't keep praying yourself out of every situation. Because you need to learn the lesson of that situation. Because if you pray yourself out before you get the lesson, you just, you'll be back. If you didn't learn the lesson, you will navigate your way back to that problem because you're still, if Jonah, Jonah confronted the storm while he was on the road to Tarshish, if the storm had stopped, an earthquake would have started. 
because he was still going the wrong way. I wish y'all would help. But, but the storm ended when he learned the lesson and God put him back on track. God, teach me the lesson. Because no matter how deep I am in my storm, God's still in control. I, I, I wish God's still, he's still driving the ship. I, doesn't matter how choppy the waters are, God's still driving the ship. I, I, I need somebody to get that right now because your waters are choppy and your, and your sky is black and the lightning is, is rightening. His dad was saying zigzag language across the heavens. But despite how it looks like on the outside, God's still driving the ship. And I think I'm going to stay on the ship as long as God's driving. It might be rainy on the outside, but as long as I know God's driving, I'm going to stay on the ship. It might be a little rocky and bumpy in the way I'm going right now, but I'm going to stay on this rocky and bumpy path because God's driving the ship. That's why I say I don't know why the disciples panicked when they were going across the Sea of Gadara, when they were going across to see the man that they call Legion. Because even in the middle of the storm, Jesus was still on the ship. How can my ship sink? If Jesus is on board, how can my ship be destroyed? If Jesus is on board, how can I die in the middle of this situation? If Jesus is on board, your sickness is not unto death. Because Jesus is on board, your financial situation won't take you out. Because Jesus is on board, it doesn't matter how many people leave you, how many people talk about you, how many people turn their back on you, how many people talk about you when you're not in their presence. I'm gonna stay on the ship because Jesus. I wish you would talk to me in here because Jesus is on board. But I want you to know that even if I get tired, my God said, I will not suffer you to be tempted above the year able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape so that you'll be able to bear it. So he's saying even when it gets too strong, you can be like Peter and say, Let's wake up Jesus. <laughs> I, it doesn't seem like he knows what I'm going through right now. It seems like it's too tough for me. But I always have the option to go wake up Jesus. And if I wake up Jesus, he can stand on the bow of my storm. He can stand on the front of my ship. And he can say, peace. I wish you were in here. Arthritis, be still. Cancer, be still. Diabetes, be still. Financial, be still. Debt, be still. Whatever it is that has you troubled. Whatever it is that has you down. Whatever it is that has you worried. God has the power to speak to that situation. And he can say, peace. I dare you to say, peace. Somebody say, peace. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. 
Hallelujah. I'm speaking it over your life right now. Whatever it is you're dealing with, I'm praying with you. I'm touching and agreeing with you right now. Whatever that situation is that seems like it's too much. Hallelujah. God can speak peace. God can stop the waves. God is in charge of the wind. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your problem, hallelujah, God is yet in charge. God is yet in control. Hallelujah. And the songwriter says the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Something that you notice from that story of the disciples even though they were worried about the storm, they understood the safest place was in the boat with Jesus. Nobody, none of them got out. None of them tried to swim for the shore. They recognized the safest place for them was inside the ship with Jesus. Baby, this is not a situation where you step out of the ship. This is not a situation where you abandon your course. This is not a situation that you give up on what God has told you. And that's your ship right now. That's what your ship is. Your ship is holding on to what God told you. Staying in the place where God told you to be. Remaining faithful to God's word to you. You you have to hold on to that just as they stayed in the ship. Stay inside God's will. Whatever God has told you. Hang on to that. Hold on to it. Even if it's just a little piece and you feel like you're in the middle of the ocean by yourself. Hold on to that. God can and God will deliver and bring you out of whatever you're struggling with. And I'm trusting God by faith that he's going to do exactly what he said. I'm finishing. I'm closing. I'm finished. But I just want to tell you that we thank God for mothers. Mothers taught us so many things. They taught us how to also how to pray. Taught us how to pray. In the end of our text, Jesus tells them, he says, you haven't asked anything in my name, but he said, ask and receive that your joy might be full. Ask and receive that your joy might be full. If anything that I, our mothers should have taught us, and I, I praise God particularly for godly mothers, that taught us how to pray. Whatever situation you find yourself in, it's never too late to pray. I wish I had help here. It's never. It's never. It's never too late to pray. Some of you, sometimes we, we get so involved and caught up in life that we got solutions of our own, and it's like we try those things before we pray. But I want to remind you, if mothers have taught you anything, if there's anything you receive from this message, it's never too late. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, it's never too late to pray. It's never too late to pray. Just keep on praying and believing. The Bible says, Bible, men ought to always pray and not faint. And I tell you, that's the recipe for not fainting, for not falling out, for not falling itself. Because we have a God who is able to keep us from falling. But the recipe for getting there is to keep praying. If I keep praying, 
then God will position me so that I don't have to fall. But baby, it's okay if you fall. God has the grace to help you get back up. A man. The, the righteous man falls seven times. Even It means seven times, 70 times. But God still gives him the grace to get back up. It's never, it's never too late to pray. It's never too late. <laughs> never too late. Never too late to pray. Because whatever situation you're in, God has control over that thing. Even when it seems like we're at the end of our rope, at the end of what we can do, God says, that's when I step in. When you're weak, God's strength feeds off of our weakness. I I need you to get that. God's strength feeds off of our vulnerability. When we show God that we're vulnerable, we're saying, God, I can't do this by myself. God's strength feeds off our willingness to be vulnerable to him because he's saying, if you say you can't do it and you're letting me have it, then I'm going to show myself mighty and strong in this problem, in this situation. If you express your vulnerability to me, God said, that's when I step in. That's when I'm strong. That's why the songwriter said, this problem that I had, H-A-D, Not that I have, H-A-V-E. No, I I don't have it. But the problem that I had just couldn't seem to solve. I prayed and I prayed and I got deeper involved, but I turned it over. I showed him my vulnerability. I showed him that I can't do it by myself. I showed him, Lord, I need your help and I need it right now. When I showed him my vulnerability, when I prayed and turned it over, I stopped worrying about it. I stopped worrying. That's where some of you are. You, you turned it over, but you still work. You need to stop pointing at somebody and say, stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about it. Some of y'all trust the post office more than you trust God. You put something in the mail, you expect it to get there. But you give it to God and you're still worried about it. God's more reliable than the post office, baby. When you give it to God, he's got it. He's going he's gonna to handle it. You know what? In fact, let me tell you something about the post office. A lot of times they ask you to buy insurance. Why do you need insurance? Because they might lose it. God don't need insurance. <laughs> you give it to God. They told me he's never lost the case. My God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He, he knows, he sees all, he's every place. I got to trust God that he's got it. And when I turn it over to him, I got to stop worrying about it. Just give it to him and let him work it out. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you right now, even in this moment, Lord, for your word. And we thank you, Lord, how this word has been inspired and triggered, Lord, even by the mothers. The mothers who give so much, the mothers who know how to endure sorrow and pain, the mothers who know how to pray us through difficult situations and have instilled in us the power of God and know that no matter what we're dealing with, it's never too late to pray. It's never too late to wake up Jesus. It's never too late for you to stand out on the bow of our situation and proclaim peace over whatever we're going through. 
And Lord, we're claiming by faith those things are happening even right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, somebody came in with something, but we're not leaving with it. We came in with a trial. We came in with a problem. We came in with a storm. We came in with a situation. Lord, we came in with emotional turmoil. Lord, we came in with depression. We came in with anxiety. Lord, we came in with fear. But Lord, we're leaving them right here on the altar for you, Lord. And we're trusting you with it. And Lord, as we leave here, we're going to leave here lighter because not only have we given you the situation, we're also giving you the worrying and doubting that we invested in it. And we're going to leave here with joy. Lord, we're going to leave here with encouragement. Lord, we're going to leave here with peace that passes all understanding. Even when others don't understand why we have peace. We have peace because we know we've turned it completely over to you. And Lord, we proclaim all these things in our son Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise for those of you who've been watching us virtually. We praise God for you and pray that you live by faith until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by give a fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.